0: Fellas, welcome back to the Grid Up Podcast. Glad you could join us. You're listening to the third part of the Ben Reichel interview. Pastor Ben is going to talk today about masculinity and it, all its different forms. He's going to talk about growing up as a kid, being a young man, training to be a pastor, and how he got to that point. He's going to talk about being a man in the in his marriage. He's going to talk about masculinity as a pastor. He's going to talk about masculinity as a son and now as a new father. He's got some really cool things to say. This is my favorite part of the conversation with him, as it usually is with most of my guests. This is the best part of the interview. We've got some real gold here for you to listen to. So here we go. This is the last portion of our interview with Pastor Ben Reichel. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Alright, this is part three with Pastor Ben Reichel, Mr. Muscles. Yep. Uh, Brings preacher curls to just another. (laughs)
1: I was trying to think of a good yeah. joke. That's yeah, the best I could come it, up with. Well,
0: I've heard it. I've heard it before. You don't have hey. a good name to, no, to go with. I know. It, you know? I just,
1: know. We've got to work on yeah. that. But I, I've heard it before. Hey, what's your favorite exercise? Preacher curls. <laughs> <laughs> mm, good one. <laughs>
0: Never heard of that one <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. Right. So uh, let's talk about you a little bit. We haven't talked about you a whole lot. All right. Let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Oh, what does man, your family look the like? The beginning. Um, Dad's a pastor.
1: So we'll, we'll frame it with that. Um, I've lived all over the place. Um, was actually born in Montana. W- okay. Lived out there for about five years. Uh, then Mandan, North Dakota. Uh, was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin for, I think, five years, four and a half. Okay. Um, and then now my parents have lived out in Mitchell, South Dakota for 16 years, I okay. think. So that's the longest they've been in one yeah. place. Um, but during that time... Was when I went to prep, I went to MLC and Sem, and then down to Texas. So, so it wasn't really home, but it was kind of home right. base. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Um, yeah. So yeah, I moved around quite a bit. Um, I, I get kind of jealous of those people who <laughs> like live in one one area for the majority of their. Yeah. their... Know, like you
0: go home for Christmas, right? Like I, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that was that was one of the first questions I asked my my seniors. Was like, where did you grow up? And it was hilarious to, to hear like people who were born five miles away from where they currently live. Um, yeah. And that was just a way of introducing, like, this has been my journey this yeah. far. Like I don't have that. You know you, you guys have <laughs> a, a, a great history and, and something yeah. to be proud of, but I don't. Um, so whenever anybody asks me where I'm from, uh, how saying? much time you got? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I just... My response is well, I grew up <laughs> yeah, I, I, here. Yeah, but it's ex... I,
0: I went to high school here. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it.
1: Yep, you, yeah. yep, we got the same deal. Um, although down in Texas, I was accused of being Canadian uh, <laughs> because of my northern accent. So, yeah, oh, yeah, that was good. But yeah, all over the place, all over the place.
0: Yeah, I suppose when you're down there, you're the one with the accent. Yeah. not them. Yep. They all talk funny, but yep. you're the one with the accent. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, what's it like growing up as a pastor's kid? Uh, it's it's it definitely
1: gives you a unique perspective on childhood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the like the the what I can remember from. Like my early grade school years, not much different. Um, right. I went to public grade school for kindergarten through third grade. Yeah, I was normal, normal kid. Yeah. Uh, but then when we moved to Sheboygan and there was a Lutheran grade school there, that's when things changed a little bit. Right. Like all of a sudden, you're the pastor's kid. Yep. You better um, have an A in words. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> better be top of the class in confirmation class. <laughs> Um,
0: and we probably, I was, I was, I was was paying attention during dad's class for sure.
1: Did you ever get called out like during a sermon? No, during a sermon. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. So I think I was like third grade. It was good Friday tenebrae service. Yeah. And, uh, like we were playing with our belts. (laughs) What were what, what we doing? We're like playing with our belts, and he was no, no. It was Easter Sunday. Oh, it, it was, was Easter Sunday, and we were supposed to be singing, and it was like he stopped and cleared his throat and just looked at me. He didn't say anything at the time, but there were a whole lot of tears on that Easter Sunday. And we, I sat. So that was the first of three services, and yeah. I sat through every single yep. service. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: Ours was I can't remember if it was a Lent or Advent, but it was it was a midweek Wednesday night, so there weren't many people there. Um, and so it was just my older sister and I, there's, there's four of us. So older sister, me, and then my younger two siblings, they were both sick. So mom stayed at home with those two and we went with dad to church. So we're (laughs) sitting by ourselves, our own pew. And I can't remember. So this, this is back in Mandan. So I'm, you know, first, second grade, my sister's third, fourth grade, something like that. (laughs) Um, and there was a box elder, So it must've been Lent. Because it was a box elder bug that was crawling on my leg. I'm sorry, on my pant leg. It's crawling up. And so in the middle of the sermon, I flick it off. And all of a sudden, we can't find it. So like, both of our heads just go like underneath the pew in front of us looking for it. And the only thing we hear is a pause. And my dad, almost at the top of his lungs, going, Lisa and Ben. <laughs> and so, like, we bolt straight up, and he's staring and right everybody's at us. Everybody the church, yeah, eyes exactly. Right everybody turns you. around, and we, we did not move. The rest, like, I don't even think we breathed. It was awful. And then we had to go home, and oh, it was
0: bad. My favorite one I've ever heard. My favorite story in that strain that I've ever heard. And I won't say who it was. <laughs> somebody got in trouble in the Tenebrae service on Good Friday. Okay, and got a spanking for every station of the cross. <laughs> That's perfect. Like that is yes. the ultimate speaking story. Yes, yes, <laughs>
1: that that needs to become a tradition. So dad,
0: dad took him in the back. It's like a, a the story goes. It was a big old German Bible, and it was seven times, <laughs> once for each station of the cross. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> so you had siblings. We, you had a bunch yeah. of siblings.
1: Yep, I've got an older sister who's. I'm trying to think, two and a half years older than I am, Um, a brother who's four years younger than I am, and a sister who's five years younger than I am. So we're kind of spread out from uh, beginning to end, but yeah, there's four of us, Um, two girls on the outside, two boys in the middle, so half and half, Yeah. got to team up against each other (laughs) growing up, it was a good time.
0: Yeah, so uh, I don't have a brother. So what does that like? How does that change things when you have a brother? Um, it's what's that like? There's there's
1: a little bit of so it it's it's interesting because we're far enough apart where there was never like a sibling rivalry. Okay, you know, um, but we were we were just close enough where I was definitely the big brother (laughs) and he was the little brother. Yeah, um, which was cool because growing up. Um, you know, I was you know super into sports, um, especially in high school. And so when he was still in grade school and I went to prep and when my uh, okay, family yeah. lived out in South Dakota, so they couldn't really come watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he started to play football too. And I got to go see him when I was at MLC, I was a little closer. Yeah. Um, so pretty early on, you start to realize that Life's not all about you, and you have an impact on other people. Right. Yeah, it's, it' definitely. You don't think that way, right. you know, as a grade schooler growing up yeah. or whatever. Um, but you do realize that you got somebody looking up to you, and, mm-hmm. and wants to do the same things as you and tag along. And yeah, you got those times when it gets super annoying because you just want to go play <laughs> with your friends. You don't want to have to worry about your little brother. Yeah. Um But your parents make him go anyway, and make you watch after him, mm-hmm. and you get that little extra responsibility and accountability going. Um, yeah. but now it's, it's cool to see how he's kind of taken that and done his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, become, become his own person, become his own man. Um, yeah. but you kind of got to help form right. that a little
0: bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't be here without me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll be able to, to rub that in his face. All right, cool. Uh, so you went to prep and then MLC, was it just the pipeline? You just. Went right through, or did you ever think about doing anything else?
1: Um, I definitely thought about doing something else. Um, when I was in high school, I, I couldn't decide. Like, when I first decided to go to prep, um, so my sister went, my older sister you went you through. You decided prep. to go to prep, yeah, yeah, um, because we were in Sheboygan. Uh, when my sister started. Okay. And then it was after my eighth grade year and after her junior year that my family moved to South Dakota. Mm -hmm. So I had already graduated eighth grade and I had decided to go to prep, but my parents gave me the option. We were only two hours away from Great Plains in High School. So that'd be closer. And I decided, well, I, I really liked prep, you know, when we visited and I'd still want to go there. So I went there. Um, and so I went there to, I was thinking I wanted to become a teacher, but as I went through, I wasn't quite sure anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then by the time I got to my senior year, I was actually throwing out the idea of becoming a civil engineer Okay. because that's what my uh, grandpa did. He started his own company um, over in Madison. Okay. My uncle took it over because uh, that's what my dad was going to do too. He went to Northwestern University for two years mm-hmm. to study civil engineering and then um, switched over to Northwestern College to become a pastor. The whole story there. Um,
0: when you leave in Northwestern, you go, "Hey, see you guys! I'm going to going to Northwestern, going to Northwestern, <laughs>
1: transferring." Um, and so I, I was throwing that out. Like I went to visit a couple universities and colleges and checked that out. I always loved math and science and, and that kind of thing. And then it was it wasn't until my Christmas break of senior year that I decided to go to MLC and give the pastor thing a try. Yeah. Because um, the dean of students at the time at Prep, um, Matt Crass, he's now the president, uh, but he had stopped me in the hallway a couple times and told me, You have the gifts to be a, a really good pastor. Yeah. So like he planted the seed <laughs> and it it happened. Yeah. So um went to MLC and there were even times in M L C freshman, sophomore year, what I didn't think that was the the right mm-hmm. path, right? decision thought about doing something else um, but with surrounding myself with good friends um, yeah. the faculties of both schools fantastic uh, kept me on the straight and narrow and uh, <laughs> took yeah. it the whole way through and and now we're here
0: so yeah and I think that's a more common story than we realize too yeah. is that like there are a whole and we didn't talk about it at the time I think that it's a, sh- it's a shame I think you yep. should have as, yep. as friends we should have all talked about it at the time but just looking back at my my classmates and myself, like there are a whole lot of us that about halfway through are like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think so. And then
0: there's always something that says like, you know what, I think I think this is what I want to do. Yep. And, and I didn't realize it until way later on. But like uh, there was also a strain in me that said like, well, this is my way to serve. Like this was my option if I was going to do something. If I wanted yep. to serve, this was my option. And uh, like coming out moderately more mature now, yeah. marginally <laughs> more mature, uh, and looking back at it, like Scripture says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walking it. Yep. And I firmly believe that whatever you choose to do, the Lord's going to bless it and he's going to help you walk in, yep. in the way. And so like I, I don't think, obviously the Lord knew what was going to happen, but I don't think that you know, it was necessarily like, from the day I was born, yeah, I was saying, "Look at this yeah. inner-city teacher who's gonna, <laughs> right. you know, like, if if that was his plan, there are a whole lot of better ways to yeah. get me to where I am right now." Yeah, um, and so, like, I don't know, just, I just if think we, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, I wish we had talked about it more and yeah. and and had those conversations. I think it would have come out in better yep. shape than yeah. I did because it was like I fought it all the way. Oh yeah, and then when I like, I there was even a point where I was just a just a straight-up jerk about, like, hey, I'm not, you know, like, oh, you, and then even, like, urban teaching even. Like, they were trying to get me to go to a conference, and I was, like, making fun of them. And it <laughs> ended up being what my life's vocation was. <laughs> right. You know, like, I just, if yeah. we had had an open dialogue about that, I think it would have yeah. been better. So yeah. maybe my, that's my encouragement is that if you're at MLC and you're listening to this and you got doubts, trust that no matter what you do the lord will bless it yeah. and have some of those conversations yep.
1: or or grade school or high school you know but it, but especially if you're already in the the worker training system you're not the only one who's contemplating have other options wondering if this is the right path everybody does
0: and if you decide it isn't the right path there is absolutely no shame in right. walking away right and i i think i think that was
1: Something that generations prior didn't grasp mm-hmm. or didn't want to admit. I, I think um, in in previous generations, especially of pastors, um, like you didn't drop out right. of Northwestern or you were you yep. know, ostracized or you, even if yeah, you were, what's in, wrong with you? Yeah, or even <laughs> if you were a pastor for a number of mm-hmm. years and decided, no, this isn't what I want to do or this isn't how I want to serve. Um, you it was looked down upon to stop. I mean, yeah, just just because it is a call and it be, it's it's a high and holy calling, and mm-hmm. and scripture speaks in glowing terms of both teaching and preaching ministries. That doesn't mean it's you can't do something else. You know, <laughs> if if right. you go into because I think both with teaching and being a pastor, you don't really know what it's like until you get there. Mm -hmm. You know, MLC and SEM can do the best job they possibly can to get you ready for any and every type of ministry. But until you get there and that's what you do day in and day out, you're not going to know if it's right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, you can go, you can pretend you can fake it as much as you want in school. and, And when you're in your ministry, But if it's not right for you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with walking away and doing something else because God's going to use you no matter what. You've got a certain set of gifts that only you have, that only you can use to reach certain people. And that's, that's one of the things that I'm trying to impress on my seniors right now. Um, There are not many of them that are going to MLC, but what I want them to know is that no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you are a witness you are a servant mm-hmm. of, of God, first and foremost. And if, if you're a hairdresser, if you're an athlete, if you're a, a scientist, an engineer, you get to share God's word with people that no one else can, not even your pastor, not even mm-hmm. other teachers. You will be a minister no matter where you are and what you do, and you have to be ready for those opportunities. Um, the the one thing, and this is kind of going back to your um, story before about, you know, not being able to talk about it or not feeling comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Um the reason I didn't decide until the Christmas break of my senior year that I wanted to go to MLC, um it was always in the back of my mind, growing up as a pastor's kid, you know, it was always there. Um but I actually honestly asked myself the question, what can I do that's going to have the greatest impact? on people mm-hmm. um, and I went through all my options like I could become a civil engineer I probably would have been fantastic at it um, you know I could help you know build roads and buildings and make discoveries and whatever be successful yeah, Right. but where does that lead you know mm-hmm. that's my question yeah I could have been a witness and I could have done all these things and told people about Jesus and been active in my church and that would have been great um, I had delusions of becoming a professional football player um, you went
0: to the combine. Didn't I you? I
1: did end up going to a combine after MLC, um, <laughs> but at, when I was in high school, I had you know that was way far off because um, I was nowhere near the uh, size that I am now. So way <laughs> off. Um, but I like I was like, okay, well, w- what if I you know went to college for that and like right. walked on and and tried to get a scholarship and all these things and you know made that my goal. Okay, I could have been famous, could have been wealthy, <laughs> you know, yeah. could have been in the NFL. Again, where does that get me? And, and the question I kept on coming back to was, do I want to serve myself or do I want to serve other people? Um, and and like you said, you know, to the right or the left, God's going to direct you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I made the decision to to go with what I believed at the time would impact more lives long term. Mm -hmm. Like, so this is my thought process when I was a senior in high school. If I was a civil engineer, I could build buildings and build roads and that would help people. True. Um, I could be a football player and I could make millions and donate to charities and, and do all these things and be a great humanitarian and help people. Great. But could I dedicate my entire life to telling people about Jesus help them for this life and one day see them in heaven. Mm -hmm. Then I don't just see them. I don't just help them for this life. I help them for their eternity. Um, And I think that's what a lot of uh, young people are striving for today is is looking for that purpose in their life to have an impact, Mm -hmm. um, to make a difference. And what greater difference can you make in someone's life than yeah. seeing their eyes light up, their heart opened to the fact that God loves them for who they are and that he sent his son to die for them and that he wants them in heaven. And there's nothing else they have to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's the life change and the difference that we can make that will change the course of their life here on earth forever, but then also, literally, their life forever in heaven. <laughs> so yeah. whatever you do, m- m- don't forget your number one call your number one goal, your number one purpose in life to share that message with everybody, no matter what you do. Yeah. Always look for those opportunities, the the chances to share Jesus to someone who's hurting, someone who's lost. Um, you can do it as a civil engineer or a football player mm-hmm. or a hairdresser. doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then uh, once you're in the ministry too, there's nothing wrong with every once in a while, like, Checking out, checking something out, you know, and like start walking down a path and prayerfully consider it. Yep. And then, like for me, that happens fairly often, and part of it is that is just like just happen to be in a tough spot. Yeah. And so, like, it revitalizes me then for the ministry because then I step back into the ministry and go like, all right, this is what I'm the Lord has placed me here and yep. this is the, these are the good works he's prepared in advance for me to do. Like this is it yep. right here. There's no doubt in my mind that I'm supposed to be doing this at least for another year. Yep. Yeah. You know, and right. off we go for another year. And, uh, it, that like, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me square. And I think if I had an easier ministry and if I had like, if I was convinced all the time, this is exactly what I needed to do, I would lose my edge Yeah. to, to an extent because yep. like, I would be so stinking comfortable. <laughs> right. I don't know. I also like, there's no shame. Like you talked about, there's no shame in walking away after a while either. Yep. It's like, I, I do not, obviously the Lord's got, my life certainly hasn't <laughs> panned out the way I expected it to from to this point. The Lord has had his own plan there too. But like, I certainly don't think I'm going to be a 30 year teacher. Like I yeah. just don't see that happening. And like just real talk, I someday when I have a family, hopefully sooner than later, yep. I don't want it to be like, I, I'm not going to raise a kid in the city. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And so then just the facing that reality then of it's not forever. It's not just like sell out now, put everything you can into what you're doing right now, what the Lord has for you now. And if something else comes, something else comes like the Lord will guide you through it. Yep. And even if you make the quote unquote wrong decision, he's still going to be walking right behind you, showing you where you should go and what you should do. Yep. It's just like, there's no reason to be have weight on your shoulders. It's just, it's all in his hands. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, a little more real talk for you too. Um, so when I was still down in Texas, uh, my wife and I had planned. And so this is the first time i would ever heard of this. It's called a baby moon. Um, that's exactly what I did. when my wife told me about it. Um, apparently, it's like a last vacation while you're like just a married couple before your first baby comes. Okay, so like while she's still able to fly on planes, I don't know who came up with it, but we went on a baby move. Um, <laughs> so we're, we we planned this trip to Seattle, um, and so it was going to be a week long vacation, and it was it was just going to be the two of us. It, it was a blast. It ended up being a blast. Um, but what happened was was the Friday before we left, I had a, a meeting with my my church leadership, and that was when I learned about like the two families of our congregation that were going to be moving mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of putting the the mission in a financially precarious position. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we we decided that we'd be good for another year, and then we'd re- reassess after that. Um, and so the Sunday that we left, I I got a I, I was supposed to be receiving phone calls from um my district mission board chairman, but I was on the plane, so I couldn't get his, his phone mm. calls. And uh, I found out later that night after we landed that I was being put on some call lists because people, like, the news had kind of gone right. around, yeah. in circles and all that stuff, saying that my mission was being defunded. So now, all of a sudden, like... I'm freaking... That'll put a damper on your vacation. It, yeah, that's how my vacation started. So, like, I'm freaking out thinking, my, I th- I thought we were good for another year. Like, I'm being defunded. My wife's, you know, six months pregnant. We're going to, you yeah. know, all these things are going on. Yeah. And I was on the verge of making that decision. Like, okay, well, we're going to stay in Texas. We're going to have the baby. You know, I'll coach CrossFit. You know, I'll become <laughs> right. a firefighter yeah. or whatever. Like, that was yeah. what my best friend did down there. So, like, okay. So, we, we've got plan B in place. And then... Yep. You know, after making a couple phone calls and figuring it all out, loud, I didn't have to. <laughs> but it was after all that happened that I got the kettle call, like yeah. the day after. So this is still on vacation. It's like yeah. all these things are happening all at once. <laughs> and like you said, you can see God working and guiding yep. you where you need to go. Yeah, I and got you. He, I guess, yeah. Oh man! But like when you're going through it, you're like, yeah, it's I don't know. just a whirlwind. Yep. Oh man! But I mean, like in my mind, I was, I was. Con- confident, comfortable, satisfied with that decision if that mm-hmm. would have been the case to, yeah. to make that decision and, and um walk away from
0: ministry, but God had other plans. Yeah. And so now I'm here. Yeah. Cool. So um so you're married yeah. and you have a eleven month you're eleven a, a month mo- old. Yep. Yeah, yep. eleven month old
1: almost turning one. Um <laughs> man. Having a kid just Makes you reassess Priorities I'm sure um, Like Getting married First of all Will do that And like all of a sudden You know You're living with this Person And You know They have Habits And you know Quirks <laughs> And you know, like you get to know them A lot better than you've ever known Anyone in your life Even living in dorms For 12 years You know <laughs> You know They were just roommates yeah. You know Now you've got a wife And she's there all the time You get to you have to become, and, and you know, kind of tying it in with the theme of your podcast. You have to become a man in a hurry. Like <laughs> you think you are, yeah. you're not until you get married. Well, and I, then, I've
0: heard that before too. Like if you oh, you yeah. want to you want to grow up, go get married. Yep. Go find a girl and get married. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to grow up some more, have a kid.
1: Um, because man, I, I I have such a better appreciation and greater understanding of what, like, my parents went through, grandparents, other parents, and then it, you know, flipping it around, you get a better understanding of why God wrote the Bible the way he did Mm -hmm. and why he refers to himself as God the Father. I mean... Being, being a son and growing up and being a kid, you know, teenager, young adult, Mm. you think you have an understanding of, of what those passages mean, but until you're actually holding life in your hands as a father, you don't really understand. Um, and so that's, that's why I love those quiet times in the word now, because yeah, I've read those passages hundreds of times, Mm. but every time life changes, and every time something new comes along, new happens, you, your perspective changes. And that word that doesn't change takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. And just watching, watching him grow and get smarter and start crawling. And he's <laughs> on the verge of walking. He can do it. He just doesn't know he can, <laughs> um, which is good because, man... He's he's crawling way too fast. I know I know I'm holding on I'm holding on, um, but just just to watch him grow and he is he's real smart too, um and and I, I I don't want that to sound braggy or anything but like even his babysitter says he figures things out way too quickly, like he should not be that you know quick to figure out that oh well she covered up this light socket but there's one over there that I can go get and he books it. Um, no, it's, it's been so much fun. Um, way too many sleepless nights, um, <laughs> way too many fevers and, and you know, puke. And I, I, I made this joke first semester with my kids because it was after just a, a rough night. <laughs> and so we have two dogs too. Um, they're medium sized dogs, 35, 40 pounds, nothing major. Um, but I, <laughs> I was just like filling him in on the weekend or something. I don't remember what it was, but we we got on this, on this topic, and I was like, "Yeah, these days my life revolves around poop. Like, <laughs> I got two dogs. I got a six month old. There's poop everywhere. <laughs> Nothing really grosses me out anymore. Um, but it's uh, just a really crappy it's, life. It's, it's a uh, it's yeah, it's an obligatory <laughs> <cheesy joke laughs> you right got there. you got to do it. Um, but yeah, we're. I mean he is I, again like like <laughs> we said before if you want if you want to f- know what it's like to to figure out who you are as a as a person as a man get married have a kid mm. because all of a sudden you're not just worried about yourself anybody can worry about themselves we're pretty good as human <laughs> beings <except laughs> about worrying about yeah. ourselves um but when when you're when you're the head of a family and you got to take care of your wife you got to take care of your kid priorities change, (laughs) but it's, it's for the better because all of a sudden you got to step up your game as, as a leader, as a man, as a, as a man of God to make sure that (laughs) you don't mess up the family (laughs) to, to put it simply.
0: Yeah. Cool. So your wife had (laughs) talked about, (laughs) yeah. Um, we
1: actually met in high school. She went to prep too. Okay. Um, Uh, one of those, one of those, (laughs) but, um, it it was funny because we were always good friends. Like we we hung out in the same circles. You know, um, we ended up going to I think it was junior prom together. We still have pictures that I cringe at. <laughs> um, we went to junior prom together. Uh, good friends all through high school. She went to uh, Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville for nursing. When I went to NLC, okay. so we parted ways. Mm-hmm. Still good friends, but talked. Every once in a while, yeah. beauty of Facebook, <laughs> um, and then let's see. Went through Sam. Went to Vicker in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, just outside of Toronto. Okay. And then that year, I went home for Thanksgiving, and my niece was just about one at the time, maybe one mm-hmm. and a half. And uh, so again, Facebook. I, I changed my profile picture on Facebook to me playing <laughs> with my niece. And that's what started the conversation. Like we started talking over Facebook again, like reconnecting. She's like, yeah. "Oh, that's the cutest picture I've ever seen." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> she comes to visit me twice up in Canada, oh. and like we start dating long distance. Yeah. And like as the year progressed, she was actually planning on moving back to Milwaukee to get a new nursing job. She was in the Twin Cities at the time, and I was like, "Well, I'm moving back to Mequon. You're gonna be in Milwaukee." Things could kind of work <laughs> out, you know. Um, I move back a month later. We get engaged. We're yeah. we're married the following year. Or so, um, it it it's it's a really fun to look back at the history <laughs> of our relationship because she'll she'll tell you that um, when she was living with her her brother and sister in law and their family in the Twin Cities, um, she wasn't dating anybody at the time. Yeah. But her sister in law was like, "Well, is there anybody from high school that you would want to like reconnect with?" And she's like, "Well, you know, the only one would be like Ben Reichel, but I don't even know if he's like into me and all this other <laughs> stuff." And real dramatic story, but you know, long story short, Facebook engaged. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> but the I, there's I, a lot of those <laughs> from our generation. I know. Yeah. At least it wasn't one of these yeah. like. So I messaged her on Facebook, and then we started to talk. Yeah. Is, well, no, I mean like the ones where they're no, like know, they meet I'm, for the first I'm, time. I know. I'm, online I'm, th- and I'm thinking like, of a couple oh, right man. now that I can. That I, I know the, that happened to. Like, I, there's that Also, I've heard a couple where it's like the guy starts messaging her and she just goes like. Talk to me in real life, stupid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, You you know you see me every day. Yeah, you don't exa- have to yeah. hide behind a computer. Yeah, like, exactly. If you think we're going to have something here, you need to actually, <laughs> like, you need to talk to me. Right, <laughs> yeah, like face-to-face. But it hasn't changed now. It's just texting. Oh, yeah, them. yep. I mean, you can get somebody's number and text them. And- yep. Yeah, you know, send them an Instagram message or whatever it might be, right? And but eventually, to... you're
1: gonna have to own up to the fact that you're gonna have to talk yep. to them face to face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the, the the cool part about that about our relationship is just the history. I mean, yeah. you start out as friends. We were great friends in mm-hmm. high school. Never officially dated. Like I said, we went to prom together, but that was it. Yeah. So, like when we started talking again and picking things up, you know, we had that history. Yet yeah, it wasn't we didn't have to go through that awkward yeah. get to know you phase. Um it was kind of cool because that helped um being long distance like during dating um and even while we were engaged. I mean like I was up in mequon and she was down down in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like we would only see each other maybe on weekends right, Yeah, not not every weekend. Yeah. Even. Um so kind of long distance. Um but that long helped long enough. Yeah. Long enough. Yeah. Uh, but that helped us focus on the big things, you know, mm-hmm. like we didn't we didn't have to try and pretend like even when we were when she was in Twin Cities and I was in Canada during Vicar year, like we jumped into the big things right away. Like, yeah, OK, um, what's going to happen if, you know, I get a call, you know, to somewhere mm-hmm. far away from your family? How are you going to react to that? Um, if we if we do start, you know, a family, how, you know, how many kids do you want? You know, but, <laughs> right, uh, yeah, but like, I mean, we got to the big things like, um, jobs, but like philosophies of like raising kids and what's important, mm-hmm. like, for both of us, it's, it's fitness and eating healthy and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when you're, when you're away from each other, you don't have all those, I'll say temptations right you know from no, being real. from from yeah. being so close and then yeah. you get carried away with with that you know the physical aspect of it yeah. um that you you don't get to talk about the deeper things and okay, if this does progress and if this does go further, you know yeah. do we agree on you know religion and and raising a family and and what's important in life and all those things um so that was the cool part about being being away uh for that right. long is we already knew each other. We were friends, but then we got to really get into the bigger questions of life. Um, and it was, it was cool. Cause we actually had a lot of shared experiences, at least from our childhood that helped frame who yeah. we are as people. Right. Um, so that was, that was neat.
0: Cool. Very cool. Yeah. You, Oh, you get along with her family. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> the first time I met her family, um, was, let's see, it was that June of my vicar year. So um, I was almost ready to come back to Sem, but there was a, I think it was her cousin was getting married over in Washington State. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the entire family was there like mom, dad, brother, sister, their families, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody. Like from great grandma all the way down to the youngest nephew, they were all there. And so I got to meet everybody that whole weekend um and it's she was
0: somebody else's wedding but you're the center of attention yes <laughs>
1: it was it was awesome but terrifying at the same time um and she tried to warn me but it was they they are fantastic like everybody you know even the ones that i haven't seen since that weekend they they're, they're <laughs> still good i get along with uh, her mom and dad great um brother and sister are awesome the the new nieces and nephews are are fantastic. So, we were just up <laughs> cool. in uh, Green Bay with her sister and, and her family for for Easter. So, awesome. a lot of fun. All right, and, I got
0: uh, two more questions for you. Same right? way we have, end every interview. So the right. first one is, what does it mean to be a, a man? Like, what, what is, is a what is a man of God?
1: Well, I could
0: yeah. If we're if we're focusing
1: on what does it mean to be a man of God. Um I would well,
0: s- I, I, they're kinda of intertwined. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I I think once once you're a man of God that shapes you how you're you're mm-hmm. a man at the same time. And I was actually thinking about this one on the way over uh for the interview too. Um it's about taking care of other people. Um I think that's that's where most of my answers kept on coming back mm-hmm. to most of my thoughts. Um, Mm. because everything that we've talked about so far, whether it's, you know, working out, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's your devotional life, um, whatever you do for your job, doesn't matter if it's ministry or anything else, you have to be ready for the responsibility of taking care of other people. Um, I mean I I've, I've read like art of manliness things and and a, a whole bunch about leadership and, and all those things and what I would sum up all of those things as especially um with our perspective and our world view of of being a Christian man a man of God it's about taking responsibility for other people. Yeah. Um because there are so many examples out there in the world of very very poor role models of what it means to be a man. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much fame you have, um, the inventions that you come up with, all of those other things. It may look great from a worldly perspective, Mm -hmm. okay? And it, it may look good on the outside, but what it means, especially to be a man of God, is that you take everything that you have, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, If God blesses you with wealth and possessions, that's fantastic. You know, to him be the glory for that. But you use all of those things for his glory, but also to serve others. Mm -hmm. You're taking that responsibility on yourself to do what you can to help other people, whether it's your wife, your son, your friends, your family, no matter who it is. If you want to be a man of God, you're you're. First of all, taking care of yourself spiritually, you know, being in the word, but then you're also using that, you know, you're using that for other people because God's going to take care of you, but now it's your responsibility to take care of other people in, in whatever way he has blessed you with, um, music, arts, um, sports, leadership, engineering, doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be directed towards other people. Um, cause that, you know, love the Lord, your God above all else, you know, heart, soul, mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And, and as men, we're given a unique calling to be leaders naturally, no no matter where we are. And so you've got to put that into practice. You've got to, you've got to lead others. You got to serve others. Um, you You gotta take care of other people, and that's that's where I've found the most fulfillment um in life so far, you know being a husband, being a teacher, being a coach, being a father yeah it's it's pouring into other people, but you can't do that unless God's pouring into you you gotta be in the word so that you can continue to do that day after day, otherwise you're gonna run out um it can get exhausting, but uh, that's that's where it is. Taking care right. of other people.
0: Good. I asked these out of order, but that's okay. That's Last right. question: If you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self, you could give him one piece. Spend five minutes with him. Give him one piece of advice. What would you tell your 18 year old self?
1: Oh man, 18 years old.
0: <laughs> Keep an eye I, on that girl. I, I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's exactly it. Um, I it might be something similar but it wouldn't i'd have to reframe it it would be don't worry about having everything figured out um because i'm i'm the type that likes to make sure i know what's going on mm-hmm. you know have a plan let's go let's do it let's get it done um and so i would tell yeah 18 years old I was worried about a lot of things. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought things should go a certain way and if they didn't, you know, that's when I got all out of whack. Yeah. I yeah. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> that'd probably be, <laughs> that'd probably be the simple way to put it. Um I could I could go into a whole list of things why, but my 18-year-old self probably couldn't handle it. Yeah. Just uh yeah relax don't worry about it god's god's got everything under control you may not like it but he's got he's got everything under control
0: that's good yeah that's advice i think we just forget about how stressed out kids get oh yeah yeah yep definitely yep good i think i i would say something very similar <laughs> let god let god do it yep every time i i realize every time we i ask those questions i realize that i've never actually answered those questions oh, myself oh well, there you go <laughs> So I always ask you guys those questions, but I never answer them for myself. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. I appreciate good. your time. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, appreciate your wisdom. God's blessings on your ministry as you continue forward. Shout out to the seniors at KML. There we go. Um, all right. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this. On SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at The Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U N G E M A C H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Pommier for our podcast art, and thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.